You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. So, we're finishing Eastertide today. Started on Resurrection Sunday, goes to Pentecost Sunday. So we've been in this time throughout the church where we've celebrated the, the crucifixion of Jesus, his three days in the grave, his resurrection on the third day. For 40 days, there's appearances that he has with his disciples. Some that are recorded, I'm a personal, uh, of the personal opinion that there's probably more occurrences than what's recorded. But we, we've looked at those for these last several weeks of all the recorded incidents where Jesus appeared to his disciples and revealed something of himself, his heart, his mission, and our commission. And so we've enjoyed that. Today, we, we hit the place where like 10 days ago, Jesus ascended on the 40th day after his resurrection and his disciples and followers are, are, have been meeting for 10 days in prayer in the upper room. It says there, there was 120 of them. Wow. And so as they're praying, I don't know if they ever got tired of praying. They, they elected a new disciple. And, uh, you know, as they're waiting, and finally it's the 50th day, the Feast of Pentecost, the day that the Holy Spirit comes to earth, having been sent by Jesus. And this is how it's expressed in Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit afresh today, that there would be a continual infilling of your Spirit in our lives. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give us ears to hear what you're saying to the church. Give us a heart to receive and to respond and empower us to live. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Not to belabor the point, but the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a concept. He's not an experience. He's not something on your Christian merit badge that you can say, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I've got that badge. I haven't talked to him in 22 years, but I was filled when I was 18. Uh, we've got to understand the relationship with, that we have with the Father, the relationship that we have with the Son, the relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. They're all three persons. They're beautifully one and yet gloriously 
independent, but dependent. I know when you try to do the Trinity, it always blows my circuit breakers. So, but the key is, what does every person want? They want to, to know and to be known. The Holy Spirit wants you to know him and he wants to know you. He wants that exchange of relationship and the only way that happens is if we have conversation. We do things together, we have interaction. We speak, he listens, he speaks, we listen. It's a two-way street. Oftentimes when it comes to prayer and conversation with the Lord, we think it's a one-way where we do all the talking, he does all the listening. And it's like, no, learn to pause and listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say. I think you'll be surprised. He's quite fluent in speaking a language that will connect with your heart. He is the enabler. He is the one who empowers. <laughs> He's not Casper, the friendly ghost. He's the Holy Ghost. I remember, you know, as a young Cub Scout camper, we'd be going off to the woods and getting the bonfire and all of a sudden uh, there would be stories around the bonfire. And I think the older kids tried to see how scared they could get the younger kids and telling ghost stories and, and those kind of things. But I've, I've, I've changed that now. And to, today, I, when, when I think of ghost stories, I'm thinking of Holy Ghost stories. And it's like gathering around with some friends around the fire of his presence and sharing ghost stories. I can feel it now. He likes it when we do that. And we start sharing what he's done. We give testimony of what we, we, we tell of what we've heard, what the Lord has been doing in another country, uh, what we've experienced from someone else who's, who shared, or what we've experienced personally. And as we share those things, these are, these are the stories that just kind of causes the intensity of his manifest presence to increase and the glory to spread. I love his presence. When I first realized that you could live in the presence of the Lord, I just thought, oh, I could get addicted to this. And I highly recommend that you do. It's, it's one of the great addictions of every believer that we have the opportunity of learning what it's like to be in his presence and let it go and increase from glory to glory and ever increasing glory as Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 3.18. We, we need that and it's, it's so important for us. We find the Holy Spirit, in, he, he's in the Old Testament, he's right there at creation. He's, he's God, he's eternal, he's not a created being. And so we find at creation that the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Wow. And as he hovers, as, he, as he's moving over the surface of the waters, he's, he's releasing something of the creative power of God. I heard one uh, friend that was talking and, and says, you know, everything was created in day one when God said, let there be light. 
And then the rest of the remaining days, he's fashioning what he's already spoken into existence. Now he's giving it shape and form and position and place and establishing order. And I thought, wow. And I, and I think of the Holy Spirit hovering over our lives. For me, I would think, well, the Holy Spirit came as a sophomore in high school when some people from the Asbury Revival came to the church and they, they presented an invitation to come forward and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And all through the service, I knew, I knew Jesus and I was glad my sins were forgiven, but I did not know the power of the Holy Spirit. And for most believers, it happens that as we, as we come to Christ and as we're forgiven of our sins, and out of that receiving of his love, we want to reciprocate and start expressing love back to him. And oftentimes one of the ways that we do that is by finding a place to serve. How can I serve the Lord? And so we get busy and, and we, we invest. Who knows if, if you really want to be on a fast track to being filled with the Spirit, just volunteer to minister in the children's ministry. <laughs> because whatever, whatever area that we begin to pursue to serve the Lord, we will eventually come up to a point of frustration. We will experience a kind of like a wall we come up against and it's like, all my energy, all my good ideas, all my enthusiasm, all my love for the Lord is just about drained. And it's like, that's when we become aware that I need more than what I've got. And at that point, the Holy Spirit says, I've been hovering here all along. Would you like for me to have a relationship with you to where you can learn how to do whatever ministry, service, uh, area, even work, how I can, how I can flow and give you the gifts and the graces that you need? Like, yeah, sign me up. That's good. At that time in high school, the, the key thing for a Christian, if you were a really, really good Christian, you were leading other people to Jesus because the pastor was an evangelist. So if the pastor's evangelist, guess what? We all need to be evangelizing. And after being filled with the Holy Spirit, I don't think my feet touch the hallway floor at Southport High School for two weeks. It was just like, this is amazing. And people started getting saved left and right. It was like, wow, this is so cool. Our youth group went from about 25 to over 100. And we had 13 different high schools that were all a part of it. And as that was happening, we were seeing lives changed. People coming to Christ, we were getting thoughts of how we could throw some kind of, uh, we called it the fifth quarter. After the high school four quarters of a basketball game or four quarters of a football game, you came to the church fellowship hall for the fifth quarter. And there we had cool music and lights and good food, pizza, hamburgers, whatever. And we always shared the gospel. And uh, many times I got to share the gospel at those events. And my friends from my high school would come to Christ. <laughs> it, was, it was so cool. It was, it was just so, so amazing. 
That's what happens when the Holy Spirit is, is functioning. I had another infilling with the Holy Spirit that was later in life. <clears throat> and at this point, I was pastoring up in Maryville, Indiana, Lake County, uh, very, very difficult place to minister in your own resources. You've got to minister through the resource of the Holy Spirit, through his love and power and anointing. And as I had an encounter with him, after two and a half years of, of ministry and not getting a whole lot of fruit, all of a sudden it shifted. And I remember sitting at my desk and thinking, Holy Spirit, this is really easy when I partner with you. Because I'd have a couple that would come in for counseling and as they would come, they would say that they want to talk about their kids. And the Holy Spirit says, well, the issue is what's going on between mom and dad. And all of a sudden, I got the inside scoop. I like inside scoops. Does anybody like to yeah, yeah. kind of get some inside information on this? It's like, oh, this is really good. So I let them talk for a while, and the Holy Spirit would just give the language, the transition, and bring it right to the, to the issue. And so as a result of becoming a Christian, being forgiven of your sins, and walking in some attitude of gratitude of trying to find a place to serve and how to do it, all of a sudden it comes to a point where you realize it's gonna take more than what you've got. The kingdom of darkness is real. It really is. <clears throat> and once you start moving in the kingdom of light, there is more resistance. And it's like, okay, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Give me understanding, give me grace. Help me to know how to proceed, how to live. So God formed man. In Genesis 2-7 it says, and he breathed his, into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. In the Old Testament, the, the word for spirit, same for wind and breath, ruach, it, it has to, it, it's the breath of God that comes into Adam and he becomes a living soul. Hmm. And so we find that the spirit of the Lord would come upon Samson and he'd have incredible strength. He would come upon King Saul and King Saul, as uh, difficult as his life was at the end, he would actually prophesy and they, they would wonder, is, is, Paul now, is Saul now numbered with the prophets? Because he was, he was prophesying like the prophets. Then the, the one thing that I really wanna get across, because a lot of times we're in skilled trades or we, we've, got a, we've got some skills, we've got a trade, we've got something that we get. Do you realize the Holy Spirit came upon Bezaliel and anointed him by the Holy Spirit with the ability to create, to be artistic, to skill, to have skills, to understand structure, methodology. It's just so amazing when, when you think all kinds of craftsmanship we find was manifested in the building of the tabernacle. It's like, wow. And that was the Holy Spirit 
Then as we move to Jesus, we find that the Holy Spirit, you know, comes upon Mary and the conception of Jesus begins. And, and then we find that Jesus, as he's going about life, we get to the, to the point where he's now ready to begin his ministry. And he's at the Jordan River being baptized by John. And Matthew 3.16 puts it this way, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. There's Linda's dove and lighting upon him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit is a way in which God is able to get us to understand things that we would never understand without him. Jesus goes on from there and it says that the Spirit immediately in Luke chapter four, verse one, <clears throat> leads him into the desert. He goes into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan for 40 days and 40 nights. Oh, Holy Spirit, lead me out of the wilderness, not into the wilderness. <clears throat> but we find that after the 40 days and nights, then Jesus returns to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. One translation says, and the power of the Spirit was on him without limit. Ah. Lord, forgive us for all the ways we limit you. Let us realize that it's not our strength that you're <laughs> seeking to move and act upon, but it's yours and it is limitless. And then in verse 18, Jesus is, taking the scroll of Isaiah and he's speaking his, his first public message and he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Isaiah prophesied about the Messiah and this is what he said would happen when he comes and here comes Jesus. And he does all of this. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon him. From his baptism on, the Spirit came upon him. What did Jesus need to understand? He needed to understand three things. That the, the Spirit of, the Holy Spirit was a tangible entity and associated with the manifestation of the dove lighting upon him is also the voice that says, you belong to me, you're mine, you're my son, you're my daughter. Two, I love you. You're not a mistake. You didn't happen because there was an oops. You are loved. And three, I delight, I take pleasure in you. And it's usually on the third one that we choke. We understand that he's our father. We understand that he loves us but can he really be pleased with us? Can he, can he really be delighted in us? Absolutely, absolutely. You have an adversary who does everything he can to try to make you feel like you're disqualified because you have this certain area that you're not victorious over. 
And so he, he will beat and beat and beat. He'll remind you of your history. He'll go back to your past. He'll do whatever he can do to try to make you believe that he's really not pleased with you. I have one friend just said, well, I know God loves me, but he doesn't like me. Yeah. He's got to let me into heaven because I prayed the prayer. He said, oh, yeah, there's, yeah, there, okay, yeah, he asked for forgiveness. Uh, come on, come on in. Sheesh. And we don't understand that he absolutely delights in us. Not when we're doing really, really good, although I, I imagine he does. But even when we're not, even when we're struggling. I think as, as a father, when you see your child struggling, your heart of compassion goes out and you want to be as helpful and as encouraging as you possibly can. But somehow, we can believe that in certain situations, but not with a holy and righteous God. A holy and righteous God is so upset, he's ready to bring the hammer down on us. It's just not true. You are his delight. So the mission of the Holy Spirit <clears throat> is to bring glory to Jesus. The mission of Jesus is to bring glory to the Father. And the whole purpose of the Father is because he loves us. He created. So the Holy Spirit, his mission is to communicate God, God's love to us. Anytime you're getting a message that you're not enough, that you're disgusting, that how can you still be you know, a Christian for umpteen years and you're still here at this level, and just the frustration, the exasperation, the despair, no, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's another spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit communicates God's love to us. Holy Spirit initiates God's purposes for us. All of a sudden we find that we have a heart for something. It's like, where did that come from? That came from the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit living inside you that's, you know, as, as Paul writes in, in Philippians, both to do and to desire his good pleasure. That's the Spirit of the living God who resides in you. He's given you a, a compassion. He's given you a heart for something. So pay attention to that. And thirdly, he manifests God's presence among us. He loves releasing gifts. He's got so many gifts, way more than just articulated in the scripture. He's got so many gifts and he loves distributing them to see the increased glory of God's presence in our midst. <clears throat> Romans 5.5 5 says, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the agent by which God's love is poured into us, whom he has given us. The Holy Spirit is a gift that the Father, the Son has given to us. 
Let's receive it with thanksgiving today. The Spirit gives imagination. He gives us dreams. He gives us wisdom. He gives us counsel. And He empowers us. He gives us the ability to do what we can't do in and of our own strength. Look how in the early church, how the Spirit just brought boldness to the early church. As you read in the book of Acts, you'll find that after, after they've come up against opposition and they're told not to preach in that name again, they go turn around and go right out and they're, they're filled with boldness and they go out and they're filled with power. Look at me. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give you. I've got something that's better than silver and gold. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Mm -hmm. Life in the Spirit is about bearing fruit. We want to bear the fruit of the Spirit. as found in Galatians. We want to see that as part of our relationship. The more you spend time with the Holy Spirit, the more you'll find that these things just start to rub off. So if you have a little trouble with self-control, keep staying with the Holy Spirit because that's a, that's a fruit of his, uh, of his presence. We get self-control. Walking in step with the Spirit, the sunolambanomai, one of my favorite Greek words. The Spirit's been called to walk alongside us. And that's why Paul keeps saying, keep in step with the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. It's an activity that you do with the person of the Holy Spirit. As he resides in us, he also manifests himself alongside of us. And he walks with us. <sighs> Living in fellowship with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. I don't know how it works in your home, but if I start ignoring Debbie, life isn't good. <laughs> you don't ignore. And it's just like, it's amazing because the Holy Spirit doesn't make a big fuss about stuff. Sometimes I catch myself and I'm saying, oh, Holy Spirit, I've, I feel like I've been ignoring you. So sorry, please forgive me. What's on your heart? Hmm. What's on the agenda today in the kingdom? What kind of assignments do you have? We're going to meet somebody at Meyer. We're going to have a, an interesting counseling appointment today. And you want to give me some insight? Mm. Come. So we find that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our paraclete. He's called to be next to us. He's our advocate. He guides us into all truth. <laughs> He's the power that's behind the church. The power of Jesus' name that gets released. The agency is through the Spirit. And so today I'm thinking, it's Pentecost Sunday. Would you like to be introduced to the Holy Spirit if you've never ever had a relationship with Him? Yes. He wants to have a relationship with you. Let me introduce you to the Holy Spirit. We need to first of all acknowledge that he is and receive him. He's a gift that's been given to us by God. It's the means by which God's love flows to us. 
A lot of folks that say, I just don't feel the love of God. Have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. One reason might be because you've got some theological bias against something of the Holy Spirit, an understanding of his gifts, an understanding of how he operates, uh, some of the manifestations that happen when people have his, his presence come upon them. And, and so they do that. And as a result, the evil one is just doing backflips because you just shoved to the side the main agent by which God's love flows into your life. Hmm. So if you're not feeling the love of God, start having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Receive him. He's the funnel that the Lord uses to pour his love into your heart. And then we understand from Ephesians 5.18, it, it's being filled. It's a point where you get filled, but it, it's a continuation. You are always to be filled more and more and more. Sometimes we, we, we get these poor analogies that just really doesn't do justice to the reality. We think of going and getting gas at $5 a gallon. And it's like, oh, I need to get filled up with the Holy Spirit, but it costs a lot. Oh, I, I need to go, I'm down to a half tank. I, well, I don't need to get filled with the Holy Spirit till the red light goes on. You know, and so, so we're trying to redline it and, and see how far we can go on this tank of Holy Ghost fuel. And it's like, no, no, no. That's where these analogies mess up because he's not fuel, he's a relationship. And the relationship is what empowers. It's not just going and saying, here I am, fill me up. Ah, thanks, now I can go. No, he wants to be with you in the going. He's not a gas pump. He's a person who wants to be with you. I understand, I, I like the idea that we may run dry and we need to be filled and all that, but that doesn't work. He's a person. If you need to be filled, have a conversation with him. Acknowledge his presence. Ask him what he's up to. What does he want? What's on his heart? How does he want to glorify Jesus in you today? How does he want to glorify Jesus through you today? How does he want to glorify Jesus through the church today? Realize he's a person. He's the best friend you'll ever have. He is so wonderful. Enjoy your relationship with him. So we just simply say, Lord, we want to receive the Holy Spirit. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We want him to activate new aspects of our lives that we may have been dormant or we're not even aware they exist. Bring new understanding of our relationship with ourself, with you, and with others. Finally, it's just come Holy Spirit. Come. Invite him to come. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.